0: folks, welcome back to the DC three cast. My name is Brian with me, as always, are Zach and Vince. Vince is back from the dead. Welcome back, Vince.
1: <laughs> I'm here to suck your blood. How is I'm hell? A, I'm a vampire. Uh, hell is getting uh, composite fillings put in. Oh, no. the dentist. Uh,
0: listeners and Zach, would you guys believe that Vince has never had a cavity?
2: No. Yeah, Vince That's has never had same. a cavity never never once in never. your never. life. Never. You just must have really strong
1: teeth. I'm
2: I, impenetrable.
1: Yep, it's, it's that, you know, mid, milk fed mid- Midwestern boy in me. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Leaving that one alone.
1: Uh, <laughs> we're talking about a couple of comics coming The man coming inside
0: out. me. <laughs> yeah, uh, A couple of comics coming out on the 19th of December 2023, starting with Titans Beast World Tour, Central City. Uh, unlike the other Beast World Tour books we've gotten, this one is very much one story that kind of threads throughout the entire book with, you know, there's different writers and artists that that whole focus on different characters. But this is just one story about sort of the the speedster situation in Central City during uh, Beast World. And so I want to start with that. Did you guys enjoy the uh, more focused approach to this or were you not taken by the story and therefore wish we got other glimpses elsewhere?
2: I I liked this a lot. I thought this was better than the previous issues in this series that we've gotten by, like, orders of magnitude, really. It's no contest in my book.
1: Vince? Yeah, I agree, with the exception of the, the Speed Force-related segment. The, well, that,
0: um... <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But even that, I actually thought was like slightly more Uh, readable than the first issue of that book was maybe it was because it was uh like a smaller chunk i don't know but
1: it it was smaller for sure but we'll agree to disagree on more readable i i thought it was i barely could follow what was happening in that one and i liked the art less than than in the miniseries
0: let's agree that all that art is shit uh for both the miniseries and and this one. <laughs> nah, yeah, uh, I like I like the art
1: whereas movie. I would say
2: the art in this one was predominantly pretty good. Um you know we had Scott Koblish on the kind of like framework story, the main story mm-hmm. um which like you know Koblish is kind of a bit of a chameleon um but I always like his work and he was channeling some good um Scott uh, Collins. Yeah, some good Scott Collins stuff in this. Yeah. Um, I I
0: was, my notes for the Koblish part were uh, his, he's doing lumpy Scott Collins work. Yeah.
2: Um, And then the artist on the um, Circuit Breaker story, um, who I think was also the writer. Yes, um, Yes. Was, I thought, like exceptionally good. I thought that whole, that was probably the best looking part of the book for me.
1: Oh yeah. AL Kaplan. Yeah. yeah.
2: Although yeah. I also did like the artist um, who worked on the, the, like the kids story, like the ivory uh-huh. and, and
0: mm-hmm. Maxine. Yeah. Maxine. Serge Acuna. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. That was a Cunha. Wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. We,
0: I feel like we haven't seen Serge Cunha in a while, yeah. but Serge Cunha for a while, for like a, a year or two seemed like it, he was the fill in for everything.
2: Yeah. Well, I feel like he's leveled up a bit too, because yeah, like this, this I good. think looks even better than I recall.
0: Yeah, I will agree with that. Um, yeah. Uh, should we take this like piece by piece? Sure. I, I I guess let's talk about the um the framing story that runs throughout the whole thing first. That part, as you as you mentioned, was written by, uh, Cy Spurrier illustrated by Scott Koblish. And um, so I had one issue with this book very early on, that I somewhat uh, got over as the book went on, but I just felt like Spurrier writing Barry felt off. Like Barry is very, very like emo and very withdrawn <laughs> and all of that, and that's just not like I. I have read plenty of boring Barry Allen stories, but this was presenting him as like a specific kind of sad sack that I don't think we've ever really seen before. And I don't know if there's been much precedent for that in Spur. I don't think Spurrier's used him at all. Has he? He's yeah, a- he's,
1: yeah, he showed up at the end of the very first issue, I think. And then there was a
0: little...
2: Yeah, he's been. It, it in there references a bit. it a bit in this issue. Yeah, I, I guess like, I'm.
0: I'm just not remembering it. Um, yeah, he really like well.
2: shows up like at the park where all that stuff is happening.
0: Oh yes, yes, I do remember that now. Okay, um, but I just felt like there was something totally off with his Barry. Um, yeah, I feel it, like
2: there's not been like a good explanation or like exploration of why his like post Dark Crisis status quo, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just because like the book hasn't gotten to it
0: yet. The main right. flash
2: book. Um, it seems like this issue is putting the cart before the horse a little bit in terms of that.
0: I mean, that's uh, sort of been the beast world story. Hasn't it? Like all these, yeah, t- sure. all these issues are being released kind of out of order. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that feels like it's maybe a little bit rushed in the, especially in the, anything that isn't titled Titans beast world number one through three or whatever. It, it's, it all kind of reads jumbled. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I I didn't love the the Barry tone initially, but as the story went on, I don't know if I grew more accustomed to it or if it um if it got better, but by the end of it I d- I didn't mind it quite as much. Uh Vince, did you feel at all similarly about the Barry stuff?
1: Yeah, I thought, you know, and that's that's not a if you need to do that cuz the character's going through something, that's fine, but it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um and I don't think, you know, I don't even think by the end of it, it was particularly earned, but it also wasn't like a huge aspect of a, of a very oversized issue. So uh, mm-hmm. it didn't, it didn't bother me too much, but I, I had the same thought I had, I had the same, like, where is this berry coming from? I th- I have no idea. Um, even having red spur your stuff, I, if, if it was in there, it certainly wasn't that strong. Right. Uh, and this lays it on pretty thick. Um So, so yeah, I just don't know what that was about. It felt like a writer just needing an angle on Barry for this story. So he just said, well, Barry's really down in the dumps right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, it, <laughs> and, it, set and Iris, just... it
2: set Iris up for like a
1: good story beat. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Yeah. it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it did. I but just I'll... think it. Yeah, it came kind of out of nowhere, but that, you know, yeah, it is especially
0: it is. especially because they're really and maybe this is an interesting story to tell down the road. But it seems to me from my granted, not encyclopedic flash knowledge, I feel like Barry and Wally never had a sort of relationship where one felt the other was like it, Barry being upset that Wally is faster than him seem like a real, not like a, not like the Barry Allen I've read my whole life, you know? just Yeah,
2: well, I think it is interesting. And I know we, we have talked a little bit about how, like, there's been almost no time, really, where, like, Barry and Wally have coexisted. Right. You know, there was, like, a minute before Flashpoint, and then...
1: Well, I mean... Wally was Barry's partner in the in the Silver well, okay, Age, but but
2: like post crisis, I mean, as as Flash, post-crisis. when they're both
1: when they're
0: both I called know, the Flash, I, yeah, I, yeah, that's I what know. I mean,
2: post crisis. And so, like, now we are like back to a point where they are coexisting, and like Wally is the de facto head Flash, sort of. And so, I think it does kind of like make sense for Barry to feel a little, you know, like maybe sidelined or less important, you know, a little. Sure.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I I'm Impotent. Yeah. He's impotent. <laughs> yeah. I think there are ways to do that. That makes sense. I don't know if the way this does that makes sense. Yeah. yeah um, I feel that, but that's a, that's a relatively small gripe in what I think was, was a pretty good story. Um, we alluded to this earlier, but the second story is called Give Me the Volts, and it's written by Jarrett Williams and illustrated by George Cambadias. And this is the Speed Force kids, the Avery and uh Wallace. Also, they have to give her a name that isn't just Avery. Cause that just seems lazy to me. Let's <laughs> just calling a character by their first name. Like all throughout they say Kid Flash and Avery.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I I mean you're right. Yeah, but, but I don't I don't necessarily like a lot of the new names that they're coming up with for.
0: No, I, 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 you're right yeah. about that. Sure. <laughs> you know I mean? um, yeah.
1: Like you're not wrong. Like it is weird. I had that same thought, but also like, like what's, um, what do they call an Irie. It's like something heart or it's
0: like it's Spar- thunder, thunder heart or something. That yeah, like yeah.
1: Ah, I don't
0: know. I mean, all these names are stupid. You'll get, you, but, but we get accustomed <laughs> yeah. to that after a while, you know. What?
1: All right, come up with a name for for Avery right now.
0: Purple Flash. Done. Okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yep.
1: Good. No, that's as good as anything. You're exactly.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Purple Flash. Right. I mean, there we go.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: descriptive. Yeah, yeah. It really paints a picture when I say it. Um, but no, this is shit. I I I get. So I kind of like how both this and the Spurrier story are bringing elements from their respective books into this. So many times these um these types of stories just have a a dearth of what's happening outside of the event in the in the pages. Like it's great that they're trying to incorporate things that are happening in Speed Force and also in the Flash into this. But I will say I don't think that like reminding us how big a weebs they are. I don't know if that really has any like in-story purpose. Bringing in that stupid soundcloud thing they listen to. I don't know if that has any in-story purpose. It just it just feels this story is just so cloying and obnoxious that I, I can't really get behind it.
2: It is a lot. It's definitely a lot.
0: It's also the one that somehow
1: feels like and maybe it should. I maybe this isn't a fault. Maybe this is what I, I feel like comics used to do this all the time, and it was fine. But like, it it is the one that feels the most like an advertisement for the other comic that is coming out. Sure, sure. You know, yeah. I guess that's okay. But like, as soon as you see it, you go, "Oh, this is." They're just wedging this in here. Yeah. Um. And I and I gotta say again, I just really d- didn't like the art in it um i i don't know i've never been a cambadeus fan because i think like something is always off about the faces it almost looks like the faces are put on after (laughs) the rest of the like the, the the entire drawing is done and the face is put on later and i just don't i don't know i never vibe with it
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. So the third story is the um, has to deal with Jay, Irie, and Maxine. It's written by Alex Pacnadel and illustri- illustrated by Sergio Cunha. Alex Pacnadel seems like a bigger name than who they usually get to do these stories. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but it it worked out because it's really cute. Like the the whole first date thing between Jay and Maxine, I thought was very endearing. And the, the friendship between uh, Irie and Maxine is great and um yeah I, I thought that this is a really good use of these characters you know uh what's been nice about the new flash book is how all these characters are still are still a part of it even though it's it changed creative teams and the flash family is starting to finally feel big in a in a way that it has felt so constrained for the last you know 15 20 years so to see it expanding is great. And to see all these characters finding space in the story is good. But it was really the sort of the teen romance stuff that struck me as particularly good in this piece.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, were, I don't want to just like always rag on the Speed Force book. And I'm not saying that it's like not good that that book is about Wallace and Avery because like those characters are important and like representation is important. But at least you know the the case that this book makes for like who deserves a starring role a starring book you know i feel like uh, these characters the way that they're written and presented are a lot a lot more engaging and interesting
0: absolutely
1: yeah part of it is um part of it is a little bit of bias because i just think it's so cool that maxine has basically become a flash character now yes yeah. um i i think that's such a great idea it's a thing that i love uh when dc does regardless of the kid like it's not that it's maxine it's mm-hmm. that this character that doesn't really have anything to do with the flash comics is ending up as a ancillary flash character uh and that just that tr- makes the dcu feel like it's more, more like how it used to be you know what i mean mm-hmm. we talk we talk about that all the time like um just how much more it feels like a like a living breathing smaller world than it is you know when when these characters show up in one another's books and and but i also think it is a cool use of Maxine and and like the animal girl persona considering you're you're in a beast world event um i think it it makes sense and i think Pac-Natal is a smart writer to um Use them and and come up with a, a a way to use her that makes sense in the context of this event. And I think one other thing that I want to point out before I forget is that I I think
0: I think they've aged up.
2: They've definitely aged up. I mean, oh, like yeah. they oh, are 100
0: yeah. yes. They
2: are like, I mean, they seem like teenagers. Like, yeah, Maxine well, well, talks about like having a job. You well, know, hang on a
0: second. didn't didn't Wally take Maxine to a school dance? In the last, uh, in the
2: last run, yeah, in the
0: last run, and I feel like that starts well, in middle was, school. No,
2: I think it was like a daddy-daughter dance thing. So yeah, yeah, I, feel, but, I feel like okay. they were still like coded, like a little younger in the last run. It seems mm-hmm. like they have aged up post Dark Crisis.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. which I like. I, I, you know, how I love time skips, right? I mean, that's <laughs> another, that's another thing that like Zach and I are like guilty as charged of loving that shit. Yeah. And I think like, again, it's doing the thing, it's, it's moving, it's making things feel like they're pre new 52 again, even if they're not, because you're starting to get, you're starting to get like, there's already, there's already the Titans generation, right? Right. Then there's the teen Titans generation and they're already like aging up into, into late teens kind of thing. Yeah. And now... Irie and Jay are, or Jai or
0: however you, I think it's Jay. It's,
1: it's, J, I think it's Jay. Yeah. Right. I'm
0: pretty sure it's Jay. Uh,
1: yeah. Like Jay. Like, like like Eric.
0: Like. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so now you're aging them up and now you've got the potential for like the flash baby that's coming along, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, the, um, Trinity character over in Wonder Woman, like mm-hmm. they're just adding legacy, and at a certain point, that can be too much because not everybody gets their due, you know. But like, right. I just like the feeling. I like the feeling that that the illusion of time passing, you know. Sure, it's always good to me at DC, and I and I hope they don't. I hope they keep going, and they don't reset. Because that would, you know, they they do the thing every like five to ten years where like Bruce is younger again. (laughs) Right. And I hope they don't do that. I hope they just keep going with this because I like the trajectory that even if I don't like all the comics that are coming out, I like the trajectory the world is on, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, and and I think that there's there's sort of no harm in this. Like, unless you really feel like I was robbed of more eleven-year-old irie stories. Like this, <laughs> oh, you know? the, John, the John
1: Kent argument.
0: Yes, exactly. Like so often. Yeah, like these characters are going to be more. They're more interesting when they have more to do, and they have more to do when they're not tweens. Right. So make them a little bit older. Yeah. Yeah. They should be able to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, at, at least bum cigarettes, if not buy them themselves. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Up, up next is the story that Zach talked about before with the circuit breaker and Pied Piper. Uh, for those that forgot, circuit breaker was introduced as a still force character in uh, was it Dark Crisis? I think it was Dark Crisis, not uh Lazarus Planet.
2: They they were definitely in Lazarus Planet, like in some. It might have been Lazarus Planet.
1: Was it? Uh, talk. Keep talking. I'll figure this out. I mean, it,
0: truly, there's no way to know. Um, it was Lazarus. Plan-
1: it was Lazarus Planet, Dark Fate.
0: Okay, there yeah, we go. April
1: 2023.
0: Um, and <laughs> uh, the character was notable, I believe, for being are they trans or non-binary. I, I'm not meaning to equate those things. I just can't remember. Yeah, they're well, trans. I think they're, they're trans. trans. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I remember from a a, a stinger from many years ago that Zach feels that uh, I believe it's the still forces weed. No. The still force is alcohol. I forget. I don't
2: I, recall I, that at all. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, you, you, you said like three of the forces and said what drugs they were. Um, okay. I believe the still forces is alcohol. Just uh, I'll have to check the records uh, shortly. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, we got the turtle character a couple of years ago that was doing some still force shit. And uh, I feel like this is an interesting thing to play with. It's, and Pied Piper, I always appreciate because that is one of the Flash characters, one of the rogues that sort of you know, goes back and forth between being an actual rogue and being an ally. And that is something the Flash rogues particularly do well. So I just I, I love the continued expansion of the Flash world here. It's a good little story. I don't know if there's a ton here that was like super additive to this sto- to this particular story. But I like these characters being added to the overall Flash story.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I actually I really like that Pied Piper is in it and has has a role. And you know they've they've already been kind of like hinting at some some stuff with uh with um him over in the in the main Flash book too. Something mm-hmm. with him and um uh crap. What is Wally's wife's name? Why can't I think
0: of it. Um, w- Wally's what? Linda. Yeah, Linda. Linda. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah, we should mention this is uh, written illustrated by AJ Al Ka- Kaplan rather. Yeah. Uh, art, his art is oh my god! It's um,
1: I I think his art is so beautiful, so like detailed and beautiful. And I I think I said this the last time we saw Kaplan uh, draw one of these stories at DC, but like I can't believe that this is in a like regular DC title you know mm-hmm. this is not the stuff that usually usually shows up um in, in in mainstream DC stuff maybe in like a uh black label or like a mini scenario but or like an anthology book will sometimes have a story that, which I guess this is yeah an anthology but it's just you know it's it's rare to see art that's this interesting and fun and stylish. In a in a in a ma- in a mainstream DC event book that's kind of just event trash, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. Kaplan's work that he's done that I I'm, that I'm familiar with. He he did that R.L. Stein series, the stuff of nightmares over at Boom. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and I believe I think did, some
1: Power Rangers too, maybe. I possibly might remember. Uh,
0: I know he also did a story in one of the Jim Henson's The Storyteller. Um, books of boom. Ooh, I, I got to imagine that's a good fit. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, But, you know, like you said, Vince, it's such a it's such a cool person to have draw a story like this. And we need more of this kind of art across D.C. Absolutely. Uh, And then uh, the, the issue kind of wraps up with what I thought was a really cool and interesting way to deal with this, which is that basically the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And so they they all become they let themselves be overtaken as beasts to stop Godspeed and the other uh, forces at play here, which is just an interesting take on this premise. Um, Yeah, I I overall really enjoyed this this book. Uh, Anything else to add?
2: Um, It makes me wish that DC would adopt this format for these types of books more often. You know, I think. Mm -hmm. having these little what would otherwise be, like, you know, one-off anthology stories tying together into a bigger overarching story that is uh, overseen by, you know, someone who is working closely with these characters currently, I think is a very smart thing. Yeah, it makes it it feel more important, and it gives it a little bit more quality I think yeah it's just better all around
0: mm-hmm. yeah I agree with that I I also wonder if this couldn't be a an approach to and I'm not saying the speed force book that we're getting but what if there was a a flash family a green Lantern a whatever book where it was structured this way where there's multiple characters and each character gets like a five-page spotlight per week. Why yeah. couldn't that work as a uh as a concept?
1: Yeah, I think I think the only reason is that it's probably a little more um difficult to organize. Uh you know what I mean? Like Sure, yeah. It's c- certainly this takes a level of um editorial that that just having one creator do a, an overlong story doesn't but i don't i don't think i think i think the results are worth it at least to me they are um it reminds me of a mini version of like the 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 hickman x-men stuff in in that like you have this little pocket of creators and they're all telling their own stories but they're moving they're driving towards something Yeah, i think that's a model that I think that's a model that like shared universes should use a little more. I think, mm-hmm. and I think creators should still be able to be tell their own stories and like, uh, t- have miniseries and 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 else worlds kind of things. But I think if you're intending on having a shared universe, especially when like what DC is doing now, where like after one event end, none of them are like big massive. Uh, line spanning events but as soon as an event ends in a comic another one starts right whether it's like, like as soon as the Gotham War stuff ended Beast World started you know mm-hmm. before that it was Lazarus Planet Um, they're clearly intent on having chains of events kind of following right after one another right mm-hmm. and so if they're going to do that I feel like this model is so much better than uh just having creators do their own books that are t- barely even related to the event or that or worse yet a one issue of a story that uh follow follows the template like what am i thinking of there's an event where like every story was the same story basically with different characters mm-hmm. what am i thinking of it was something in the last few years of dc where like we we just knew how every story was going to go. Uh,
0: I and mean, that seems like Lazarus planet to me.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, i think there was something before that, but yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, these stories that are, that are, that feel richer and yet they weave, they all weave together kind of like, and all serve a purpose to the, to the main event story. That's not just tangential and not just following some uh, pre-prescribed template. Yeah, I, This is the way to do it.
2: Hello, denizens of Earth-1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina.
1: And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men. Sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present. And sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed.
0: All right, well, let's move on then to our second book of the week, which is Wonder Woman number four, written by Tom King, illustrated by Daniel Sampier. And uh, this is
1: Zach. This is Zach's baby. Let let Zach go. Yeah, off. I was going to say. I just want to let Zach
0: talk about this.
1: I before I again,
0: uh, before I fight him.
2: I can't. I can't in good conscience say that I think that this is a a great or even good book.
1: <laughs> That's not what you were saying in the in the in Lad the chat was DMs. not. But on was uh, but I off. love it.
2: But I love it. I think it's so good. <laughs> I love what King is doing. I caught up on the book. I had to read I read issues three and four. Uh huh. I think.
1: You no, just I think, think I read
2: two, three, and four. I think I read all I had yeah, I had to I'd only read the first issue still.
1: You just think Daniel Sampier's Diana is hot.
2: Well yeah. I mean she plays nice <laughs> with, <it, but>, um, <laughs> nice with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I just like I like all the I like all the story beats. I like the I like the pace of the story, which it is admittedly a little. Uh, I won't call it slow. I'll say it's deliberate, but um, it's slow. But like I don't know. I I like I teared up it multiple parts of this issue, this issue. Like I. It it was very well written and and moving. I I I liked it a lot, and I like the like sense of fore- foreboding where like you know all of this like preamble to wars is happening in the main story, or or in like the a plot, but in the b plot, Diana is just like you know doing a make a wish for a kid, and and it's extremely sweet and i thought that like the dialogue between diana and 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 the the young boy was like particularly touching and just like contrasted everything really well the only i i almost kind of wish and maybe this would have been like a little too like clean and saccharine i i really wish that like diana had been able to like use like some kind of amazonian technology to like heal the kid that would have been even worse
0: huh (laughs) that would have been even worse
2: well, yeah, it would have because, like, then, like, she would have been, like, going back to, you know, <laughs> her downfall, essentially, like, you know, coming back home to these people who, like, hate and fear her, and here she is, like, doing something incredible. Um, I feel like that would have, yeah, I don't know, I just, I I I really liked it, I thought this was a good story, um, I like what King is doing, I, I want to keep reading it.
0: Vince, you want to go first?
1: Sure. I I don't disagree with anything Zach said. I, I'm still enjoying this. I think there's there's a little bit of a sense there's a little bit of a sense that King feels like he's telling a much more profound or important story than he really is. That's the one thing I will say. Like there is some stuff in the narrate the the narration that's like overwrought and and kind of the some the political stuff. yeah and the political stuff is just a a big mallet hitting you over the head which we've already covered with the issue one where we said like I mean Zach said it quite correctly which was that if this happened in real life it would be exactly as obvious and dumb as it appears you know like c- conservatives would all be like frothing at the mouth to to put down the Amazons in this exact same way. I I know that's silly to say. It's silly to say like, what if this happened in real life? <laughs> you know, that's a Reddit thing, but, um, but it's just, that stuff kind of wears on me a little bit. Although there is something, there is something gloriously bronze agey about the president kissing the ring of this like nasty old freak w- working for sovereign <laughs> that is like, secretly running the country for uh you know hundreds of years um that's that's totally like something that would happen in in a bronze age comic that tries to inject um macabre silliness and and fantasy into a, a real life political situation um I, I, I had to chuckle at that, although I, I don't think I was meant to laugh at it, but I laughed at it in a positive way. You know, I thought like this is this is goofy in the way that I want comics to kind of be goofy.
0: Um, Vince, are, are you familiar with the old HBO television series? Not necessarily the news. Yeah. yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Conan O'Brien wrote for it earlier. Uh, there was it. I remember my dad used to watch that show and I remember watching one where they were showing people kissing the Pope's ring. Uh-huh. And they added in a sound effect when they kissed the ring. That's literally all I <laughs> could think of when they were when he was kissing <laughs> the ring it was just that, that's... that like, the, like toy noise being made. You know. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah.
1: Um. And then the other thing I guess I'll say about it that I that I well first of all Sampier's art is I really think a lot of Daniel Sampier and just how detailed and careful everything looks like. There's there's not. Um, there aren't any shortcuts taken. I don't think. And like if, if King thinks that he's writing this really grand and important, uh, wonder woman Epic, the art is at least m- meeting that task. E- even if I, even if I don't think that's really what's happening here, you know, certainly the art is, is grandiose enough to, 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 to serve that purpose. Um, but the other thing I, I liked about it is, and Zach already talked about this, it's the the make-a-wish thing. That's that is what superhero comics should do more often. Um and I'll always be a sucker for a story like that, going all the way back to the kid who collected Spider-Man or, or what kid who the kid who collects Spider-Man. Whatever. Uh the one where Peter shows his identity to the kid who's dying, who's terminally yeah. ill yeah um it's just it's heartwarming it's it actually is like the ideal that that superheroes should live up to it's the morrison thing where where morrison thinks that like superman is the greatest idea that man's ever come up with and that like through like through flex mentalo here's your here's your chance to plug the patreon
0: brian patreon.com slash easy 3 cast
1: Uh, when Flexmentalo imagines like what comics can do beyond just, uh, showing superheroes fighting villains or getting darker and darker, it's stuff like this. And, um, I love the fact that, that, you know, yes, this series is slow moving, but I will take a dozen diversions of this ilk, uh, because they're just, they're just heartwarming and nice. (laughs) So so yeah, I I don't know if I love this the way Zach loves it, but I I, I definitely appreciated it. And I'm four issues in, I have not fallen off of this yet.
0: <laughs> um, Brian, I really didn't like this issue.
1: Yeah yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> Here it comes uh,
0: a couple of things. First of all, I I don't want to spend all my time shitting on Tom King. There's plenty of tape of me doing that elsewhere. And uh, I don't, I don't want to do that. But King's shtick just doesn't work for me anymore. And almost every single page in this comic had at least one Tom King thing where I rolled my eyes and just didn't, didn't want to deal with it. Um, the Make a Wish stuff, I understand what he was going for with that, but at every turn he made it worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, I. I thought the stuff at the end with the kid, like, first of all, I I think we need to be in a world where straight kids can like superheroes of different genders and not make it an issue. And this is clearly this kid is clearly struggling with his sexuality, which is a fine plot point. But the plot point shouldn't be there because the kid is a girl for a hero. That's fucked up. Well, but like, no, but like, that's what
2: kids get made fun of for. Like,
0: like OK, that felt
2: very real, I think.
0: I, see to me that didn't to me that feels like an old man thinking that's what kids are like nowadays
2: I mean I don't know maybe it's not that's what kids were like when I was a kid but like I don't I, and that was like you know 20 plus years ago yeah. but that yeah. felt very real I think and and I think in parts of the country it probably still is very real I, like, I
0: am sure that there are people who go through that I just think it's I just think it's a reductive and borderline homophobic way to do it in this comic. Uh,
2: I I don't I I I can maybe see why you think that, but to me it just feels too real to to like. There are definitely people who think that, and kids who are going through that. I think. I,
0: I I like I said I I'm not doubting the reality of that situation in different places. I just think that it was presented in a lazy, and as a borderline problematic way here. Um, okay. I don't think King intended that at all. I think King's intentions are pure here. I just think this reads very much like somebody who doesn't know a lot of queer kids talking about queer kids. Um, but that's that's honestly that is such a small part of my distaste for this issue that it's not worth spending too much more time on that part of it. Also, um,
2: like this kid's dad, like clearly sucks ass. So. Oh,
0: absolutely, yes, one hundred percent. Um, uh, but yeah, there, there's just something very um. Everything that King does, King thinks is being done for the first time. King thinks he's the first person to tell these kind of stories. And, or at least King writes as if he thinks he's the first person telling these kind of stories. And he's not. Others have done it before and done it better. Um, I just have no, I have very little tolerance for just the cloying, hey, look at me ness of all of this writing. And I, um, I'm shocked that this issue that this book is four issues in because it's still on issue two story-wise. This is the most decompressed comic I've read in a minute. And uh, you know, we've been praising stuff like Titans uh or like going back to the Patreon again, dc3cast.com, uh Starman for its, you know, lack of decompression and for letting each issue feel rich and full on its own. Aside from the make a wish stuff, which is its own little story here. The rest, the anything that moves the plot forward in this issue is so painfully slow. It's just, it's dragging. This book is dragging on.
2: Uh, I I think that this book has done more in four issues than Titans did in its first
0: five. Oh no way! Like you might, you might, you might do like it do more? In,
2: in in the first five issues, really. I mean, it,
0: okay, it 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 presented and solved the fake murder of Wally. It introduced this brother Eternity character. It showed us the problems that were going on with Garth, and then established why those problems were going on with Garth. It set up Beast World. All of that right there is more than Wonder Woman's done.
2: Yeah, but none of that really mattered. <laughs> like yeah. of, like it was, yeah, it I said, was you, fine. you can
0: like this more, but you can't yeah, I, say that I, this I, has done more than Titans. I,
2: I think. I think that it feels to me like it has done more because it feels like the things that have, it has done have been that have had some more weight to them
0: I don't know I, I I just and again we're talking about issue four here not issues two or three but I like you Zach I had to go and catch up and read all these issues and last weeks with the suicide and all that it's just it's King King really thinks that this stuff is important and that he's writing it in. he writes everything as if it's the fucking Magna Carta he does do that. And it's not it's it's superhero comics and it's bad superhero comics. It's this is just I am totally I think tapping out on this book for the foreseeable future because I just I can't take the pomposity and grandiosity that king brings to this. I just it's it is not what I want out of my comics. It bums me out.
2: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm in it for the long haul now, I think. Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about the backup
1: too. The backup was delightful we? too.
0: <laughs> backup's fine. You don't like the backup? It's fine. It's fine. I just, you know what it is? Again, I just, I, um, it's, I don't think that the backup is doing anything that the other couple of issues of the backup have done. I mean, yes, it's Black Mercy and we all love Black Mercy, blah, blah, blah. But I just feel like, um, I don't know. It, it just, it just feels a little predictable with these backups at this point. They're cute, they're fun, but I don't really have much to say about it, I guess. I didn't mean it wasn't good. It meant we have to talk about it because I don't have a lot to say about it.
2: Uh, I guess we don't. I just think I I just love that King is even doing this.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that the, the, the lazy thing I could say here is I wish the main story was more like this. Yeah. Because this is fun and doing something a little bit different and not so self-serious. I agree with that. Um, Yeah. Anything else here? Mm, I don't think so. All right. Uh, Vince, am I blindsiding you by asking you what comes out next week? You're um, uh, no, Brian.
1: I had this up the whole time. What is what is next week?
0: Next week is the 26th of December.
1: Are you sure? I'm sure. (laughs) uh hang on
0: wait let me check my calendar to buy you some more time yeah okay Uh, 24th sunday yeah 26th yeah Yeah. all right great
1: detective (laughs) detective 1080 action comics annual uh titans number six green arrow number seven the flash number four justice society of america number eight harley quinn 35 batman the brave and the bold eight power girl four alan scott the green lantern three titans beast world number three the penguin number five Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic 6, Batman Santa Claus Silent Night 4, Amazon's Attack 3, and the Sandman Universe Nightmare Country, The Glass House, number six. Goddamn, that's a lot of comics.
0: It is. We say this every week, but DC is publishing too many comics again. They are. Sound kind of like Abe Simpson. There are too many states nowadays. <laughs> Please eliminate three. Please. I am not a crackpot. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> Horny! <laughs>
2: All
0: right. Well, thanks for listening, Family
1: everybody. Jules.
0: Thank you for listening. Go to DC3Cast.com for information on our Patreon, and talk to you next time. Bye! What
1: a, what a weed lord.